Welcome to the Go All In podcast. I'm your host, Rob Bruss. And today on the show, we have John Danes from leadjolt.com. John is an expert in generating leads for his clients and regular listeners of the Go All In podcast would know that leads, sales and business is something near and dear to my heart. Let's get started. G'day everyone. I trust that you're well and you and your family and business are also doing well. If you haven't already checked out the new Go All In website, I encourage you to pop on over to goallin.com.au and take a look at our brand new hub for startups and entrepreneurs. We've got some great free training and some giveaways there. And there's a whole bunch of new products that have been added recently. So pop on over to goallin.com.au to find out more. Now, if this is your first time here at the Goal In Podcast, welcome. It's great to have you here. This podcast is for you if you're just starting out in business, considering a business, or maybe you've even been a seasoned entrepreneur for years. My guests and I will give you the strategies and the tactics that you need to help you to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be much faster than you ever thought possible. To get there, you're going to have to work hard, learn some new things, but most of all, you're going to have to go all in. And I created and I do this show because there's nothing I like more than eliminating roadblocks and shortcutting the path to success. In fact, I can't wait to celebrate your success. So make sure you reach out to me via social media or via email. Before we get into the show today, just take a little peek at your phone and hit the subscribe button on the app that you're listening in on. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll down and hit the subscribe button there. And don't forget to ring the bell. That way you'll always have some motivation and some go all in love right there in your pocket as well. Lastly, if you like what you hear today, please share this episode with your friends and your family. John's got an important message to share and he's got a great story as well. And if we can help just one person to break through their barriers and get unstuck, then John and I would have done our job here on the podcast today. Alrighty, let's get into this one. If you've got a business and that business is without leads and sales, then unfortunately you don't really have a business. That's stating the obvious, right? So why is it then that so many people are on the mouse wheel of trying to do everything themselves? This is such a common mistake and I see it all the time in business. Often the pride of the business owner or the entrepreneur can get in the way of letting go of the things that they're not an expert in. John and his team at Lead Jolt are experts in lead generation for real estate agents. But as you'll hear on today's show, the lessons that he shares apply to all businesses. So let me ask you, if your business had an additional 20 new leads per month and you could close out five of them, meaning you won them as sales, would that make a difference to your revenue and your bottom line? I know that if you're in the real estate game and you're listening to this, that those numbers will make a huge difference. Let's find out how it all happens. I'm excited he's here, so please help me in welcoming John Danes. John Danes, welcome to the Go All In podcast. It's great to have you here, mate. Hey, Robert. Great to be here. Excited to chat. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. All right, let's do this, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about lead generation, sales and leads and business is something near and dear to my heart. But before we get into any of that today, let's get to know you a little bit. There's a funny accent on the other end of the line. Americans normally say that to me. I get to say that to some of my American friends now. Where are you from, mate? I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. So uh, kind of the Southern part over here in the United States. 
Very nice. Very nice. How's yeah. uh, how's COVID treating you over there? Is everything okay or is it chaotic and and messy? We're pretty open here in Nashville. Uh, we've we've maintained pretty decent in terms of lockdowns and stuff. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're basically open for the most part. Got to wear masks, but we're open. Oh, very good, very good. It's a bit. Uh, it's pretty good here in Sydney, down in Victoria, in the southern state. It's uh, pretty messy there. They've been in a lockdown for seventeen weeks or something like that. You know, wow. hard lockdown. Not allowed to leave your house or anything like that. So it's pretty right. draconian. But they're on the other side of it, which is really good news. Tell me, mate, how long is it that you've been doing this lead gen for real estate agents? So I've been doing this for about a year and a half now, total. I've been doing marketing for about three and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. So, nice. is it something yeah. you fell into? It, it sort of definitely is. Uh, I, um, growing up, I was never, uh, the most skilled in school and, uh, I was always kind of looking for what's a business that I can start or what's something I can do, uh, without having to go to college. So that was always kind of the main goal. I met a guy, uh, when I was a senior in high school, I worked at a grocery store and I met a guy there who was kind of starting up a little bit of a marketing business on the side. And I, I was, kind of interested. So I started to kind of ask him, Hey, what are you doing? How does this work? What are you studying? What are you trying to learn? And, um, kind of ended up saying, okay, maybe marketing is something that I can do. And it, it's taken all kinds of forms over the last three and a half years. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say it's definitely something that I did kind of fall into, but also something that I always knew was interesting and that kind of wanted to be in as well. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. What is it that fascinates you about marketing? Is it the sales side of it or is it the psychology side? What is it that kind of lights you up about it? I think it's a mix of both. I mean, I think that when you can put out content or you can put out words on a page or you could put something out and people are going to consume it and people are going to take action. And eventually, you know, when you're selling the right thing, when you're marketing the right thing, have their lives change. I think it's a pretty, I think it's pretty awesome thing. And I I think everything at the end of the day is marketing. I mean, literally everything is some sort of marketing, even the way that the McDonald's logo looks or the way that a a movie cover looks, it's all marketing. And I think that's a, it's a big thing that makes people move or that makes people act and i think it's it's both that that really interests me i've been reading a book in the last um in the last week called uh your story brand by a guy named donald miller have you read that yep yeah absolutely there's people that are like story brand certified that own like web agencies and stuff he's built a huge brand but yeah absolutely yeah kind of uh, kind of um reconnected me just in the last week or so to what i love about it so much actually what i love about marketing what i enjoy so much about it and um you know putting yourself in the uh, in the position of the consumer and making them the hero and putting them at the center of your brand story and, you know, being able to service them. And, you know, the one big takeaway for me, which is really, really true, is that people don't always buy the best or the most premium type products. They buy the products that resonate with them and, and make them the hero yeah. of the branding story and stuff like that. And it, re- it forced me in the last week or so to, to look back at some of my marketing material and went, oh, no. I'm, I'm the center of attention there. I've got to get myself out of the way and put the consumer right back there and it's worked pretty well. Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Well, thanks for sharing a little bit there on the front end with us, uh, John. Mate, people come on over to the Go All In podcast to learn more about others that have gone all in. So if you could, mate, could you please share with us your biggest Go All In story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success? Yeah, I'd say the biggest one, and I don't, this might just be more of a US thing. Maybe it's not, correct me if I'm wrong here, Robert, but uh, it's a big thing to put pressure on people to go to college. 
uh, especially big, big, big thing in the United States. Almost this, if you don't go to college, you're never going to be successful or you're basically going to be like a, a drug addict. And, uh, you know, just, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be your life. Right. And um, I kind of was at the crossroads where I, I had the opportunity to go to college, you know, uh, a, a community college. So meaning kind of like, a, you know, not like a university or anything, um, but I decided, hey, and this was before I, you know, most people that have a successful business and they'll say, I'm not going to college. I just burnt the ships, you know, as we say over here in the States and I just did it. And um, I decided college wasn't for me. I wasn't going to go. I wasn't even going to try to go. And I was just going to start my business and do it. So I'd say that's probably the biggest one, probably the scariest one too, as well. Cause like, once again, it wasn't like I already had a business that was doing well or established. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to skip out on college. I'm going to go all in my business. It was like, I had nothing really built out. I didn't even really know what I was going to do yet. I just said, you know what, I'm skipping college and I'm doing business. And I would say that's definitely number one, the scariest thing I've ever done. But number two, like the, the, you know, definitely when I went all in and decided that this is what I wanted to do. I love it, mate. It's such a, it's actually such a relevant story for me. I'm a little bit older than you. You probably can't tell because I've got the face of a 20 year old as well. Absolutely. We can tell that on the podcast, right? Um, but my son, uh, Travis, he just kicked off the uh, first of eight exams for the last year of school for him uh, yesterday. And uh, I, I rang him last night and I said, Hey dude, how'd, how'd you go? And he goes, ah, ah, ah. I said, well, what does that mean, man? Come on, like speak yeah. like words. And he said, ah, it was whatever dad, you know, I don't, I don't care. And I said, did you study? And he goes, nah. I said, do you care? And he goes, nah. I said, so do you know what you're going to do? Nah, you're not going to university, are you? Nah, definitely not doing that. And I thought, look at that, such a, such honesty from a young age. And it sounds like yep. you had that honesty as well. And I thought to myself, I wish that I could have been that honest with myself. And I wish that I was that honest with myself sometimes as well. You know, he, he just doesn't, I think this COVID thing kind of ruined the last year of school for him and, and wrecked it last year. He was doing really well. Um, he was studying, he was moving forward. He didn't know what he wanted to do, but he was doing well academically. Uh, and this year it's just been massively disrupted and he just kind of threw his hands up and played video games. And I kind of don't blame the yeah. poor kid in some ways, you know, it's pretty hard, pretty distracting and, you know, very, very disheartening what to do, but um, he's had the courage to say the same thing as you. And I guess the reason I'm bringing that up is because who is it? Who is it, John, that's putting the pressure on you guys as Americans, as a collective to go to college? Is it your parents or is it society or what is it? I think it's a mixture of both. I was lucky because my parents weren't, uh, weren't, my dad didn't go to school uh, and my mom did, but I think it's society. I think it's a societal thing because I think, uh, you know, we're put through traditional school to just kind of, be pushed out as like cogs in the wheel. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's a big societal thing. And I think it's a lot of peer pressure around you too, because mm. you'll talk to somebody and they'll say, Oh, I'm going to this school or I'm going to that school. And there starts to be kind of this chatter. Mm. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a lot of different people. For some people, it's definitely parents for others. It's the other people around them, you know, especially if you're in an area where people are a little bit more academically smart, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then I think it's a lot of societal pressure as well, you know? Mm. Mm -hmm. And you, you yeah. don't feel that anymore? No, definitely not. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think it was ever, I don't think it ever really affected me that much. Um, I've always been kind of somebody that, you know, I'm a, I'm a human being, you know, to some extent, definitely care what people think. But uh, that was one thing that I didn't really care what people thought because I had, and the reason for that, I, I wasn't just like some crazy sociopath. The reason for that is because I saw successful people who didn't do that. 
So I realized like, okay, maybe these people just have a lack of information and don't realize that you can actually, you can be very successful by not going to school. So I had seen, you know, examples of people that didn't go to school that were successful. And I think that's why it was just kind of like, you know what, I don't need this. And I I don't really uh, quite frankly care that much. Yeah. It's really interesting. My my other son, um, when he was, he's about to turn 20 and this year is the, I guess he's sort of 18 months into his degree as a, uh, he wanted to be a high school math teacher. And I always kind of resisted that with him because I said to him, like, mate, you're, you're way better than that. Come on. You're way better than living inside of the school system your entire life or the first part of your career, you know, the first part of your life, at least maybe why don't you try something else? And, but no, he was kind of adamant that that was what he wanted to do. And that's because he was influenced by some other people around him and, and whatnot. And and I don't think he listened to his old man, but that's kind of part of the course, right? Kids and parents. Um, But just in, in the last, uh, three months, he's come to me and said, Hey, I've deferred. And I said, why you were so, you were so into it. You were so for it, you know, like, and I want you to be successful. What, why are you deferring? What's the story? Uh, and he said, Oh, it's just, it's just not for me. And I said, Oh, yeah. well, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't die wondering, did you? But have you wasted yeah. any time? And he said, no, because I haven't died wondering. And I realized that that's actually not what I wanted to do. And I said, well, what is it that you want to do? And he goes, Oh, I'm going to go and do psychology. And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit and, and I thought, well, at least that's a skill set that you can kind of use and extrapolate for the rest of your life. You know, if you're working for somebody else, that's great, but it ultimately um, you could end up working for yourself in a, in a profession like that. But the, the problem with it is the, the guy is, he turns 20 in January, just in a couple of months time, but he won't be finished until he's 26. Right. And I'm right. scratching my head going, by the time it's I was 26, I'd been in the military for nine years and traveled the world and been on combat operations and done a whole bunch of things. And you're still at university. Come on, man. You know, don't you want to do something with your life? And he's like, no, that's what I want to do. Go, All right, man. All right. It's a hard thing, isn't it? So how about you? Have you got some mates that are stuck in university like that now as well? Yeah, I've got a few. I mean, um, I think most of my friends, uh, went to like in, in the States there's called community college. So it's not like official university, but it's like you live at home and you go to community college. I had a few friends that did that, but everybody else is, um, pretty much going on with it. Um, so no, not, not really, not too many people, I guess, uh, you know, the, the, the guys that weren't too smart in school, they all kind of hung around together and that was kind of my group, but, uh, yeah, uh, not, not really. And, and at this point, most of my friends, uh, aren't people that I was like associated or friends with in high school. Yeah. So not really. Good, good. I wanted to ask you one last question before we move off the go all in topic there. And I just wanted to to get your, your feedback. If somebody's listening to this and I guess it's the right time of the year here in Australia for people to be hearing this and they're thinking about going to university or they're not really sure, what, what would you say to them? What, what would you, what piece of advice would you give now that you've lived through yeah. that and you've ridden that that's an emotional roller coaster, man. That's a hard thing to go through for a young person. What, what would you say to somebody? Yeah, I think there's so many entrepreneurs that just say, oh, college sucks, don't ever go to college. I think college can be useful. My advice personally would be, if you're not going, you know, like, at this point, the college system used to be like an ROI positive thing, meaning you put in 40 to go to school, you're gonna put out a career that's gonna make 100,000 a year. It doesn't really work like that anymore. So, and it's like, you're at an age where you're picking what you want to do. And you saw that with your son. He said, I want to be a math teacher. He's, you know, 20 years old, young dude. 
probably doesn't really know what he wants to do yet. Neither do I, you know? So, and uh, most people don't and, uh, until they, most people die not knowing what they want to do, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I think I think that uh, if you're, if you're going to pay for it and you don't know what you want to do, don't do it. Um, you know, you, there's many careers where you can make good, you, know, you can go work construction without a degree and make good 60, 70,000 a year in the States. So, I mean, it just, um, it just depends what your goals are, but if you want to do business stuff, you want to make money, you definitely don't have to go. Um, and if you're paying for it on your own, you're going to go in debt for it, it in this, you know, it's the only debt that is non-bankruptable, meaning it stays with you till you die. Yeah, um, so, you know, if, if you're going to pay for it and you don't have a clear idea of what you want to do, I would say I would say at least take a gap year, meaning at least take a year and think about it um, and not just rush in because peers, parents, you know, whoever is telling you that you should. Great advice. Great advice. And uh, don't be pressured. That's your life, not theirs. And don't let them tell you right. that you can't do it. I developed a, uh, a little saying for myself uh, <clears throat> when I learned to fly airplanes. And um, and it's really as simple as this. Flying, flying airplanes is actually pretty easy. There's nothing to really crash into in the sky. Landing airplanes is a little bit of a different story. That's the skill set, right? Taking off, that's a skill set. Flying airplanes is easy. So when you're when you're up and away from the ground and you're moving towards a destination or you're going to do something, um, what you're doing as a pilot is you're making decisions. Um, and people would ask me all the time, what's it like to fly a plane? It's like, you don't do anything really like you sit there you trim the airplane and it flies in a straight line you press the autopilot button and it goes where you want it to go it's pretty simple but the reality is what you're doing is you're making decisions and i when i learned to fly i didn't have a structure in my mind about how to make decisions and where i came to was should i keep going or should i turn around or should i go this way or should i go that way i've always felt like i was faced with a binary decision which is what you're describing there and when i uh when i finally realized what i was doing to myself i used to say to myself if there's any doubt there's no doubt don't do it right if there's just that, and yeah. it's really what you're saying there as well. And it's really yeah. great to hear you say that as well. You know, it's a, it's a kind of a reiteration in a different way of if, you, if there's just a tiny little bit of doubt there, then just don't go there because that might snowball into something really, really bad, you know, and going to university or college or something like that is, um, you know, it's wasting time and going down the wrong path in your life and doing that in an airplane could mean your life. So if there's any doubt, yeah. there's absolutely no doubt. It's great advice. I love it. All right, mate, let's get into uh, a little bit about what you do at Lead Jolt. I'm really cool. interested to uh, to hear this. The last two podcasts, interestingly, that I've done here at the Go All In Show have been about real estate. Nice. Uh, they've been about real estate investing. I haven't um, spoken to real estate agents or anything like that. But for the people that don't know what you do and kind of missed what I said in the introduction, because I kind of breezed over it really to keep it nice and short and quick, give us a little bit of background on Lead Jolt and what it is that you actually do. Absolutely. So what we do here is help real estate agents generate about an extra 20 appointments a month and close about five of those a month on a consistent basis. That's decent. Yeah, pretty good. That's decent, man. That's decent. Yeah. You know, I, I know that um, for the average person listening to this, they're like, oh, what are these guys talking about? real estate leads, buying and selling and things like that. But what I want the listener and the viewer to take away today is the system and the structure that you've designed, John, because I think that that is 
Uh, there's so many important and valuable lessons to be learned in the structure of what it is that you do. And I love the idea of uh, handing off the expertise to the damn expert and not trying to be an expert in everything that it is that you do. Real estate agents are good at buying and selling houses. They're great at dealing with, uh, with clients, but generating leads and making that happen, making opening the doors and things like that, they're not so great at, right? Yeah. Yeah. Real estate agents are some of the busiest people um, because, you know, they work with clients and they're helping a client find, in most cases, the biggest investment of their life. So when you're working with three people that you're helping find the biggest investment of your life and you're trying to find clients and you're trying to find the best deals for your current clients, it really is a lot. So we kind of, what I tell agents all the time, and a lot of agents think like consumers and, and what we do is kind of challenge them to think like entrepreneurs because I always tell them like, you're never going to build any leverage in your business. If this is what you're working on all the time, like you went to real estate school to learn how to find Robert a house, not how to find Robert, then find him a house. Right. And yeah. so <laughs> they kind of outsource that to us and say, I want to build leverage in my business. I want to build a system for this. And that's what we, you know, build out for them and help them build out. So you know, so many real estate agents are spinning their wheels. And uh, unfortunately, within the real estate industry, there is a lot of people, a lot of ideas, right? You need to do this to build success. You need to do this. You need to do that. And it gets uh, these agents in a almost like hamster wheel and they're trying all these things and they're not working out where a lot of agents that I talk to are just beaten down. You know, they're just like, I'm doing all this stuff and it's just not working. And then, like I said, it's hard for them to be all these different things and wear all these different hats. So we help them outsource the thing that they're spending the most time and money on and just focus on getting in front of clients, which is what they're already good at, you know, as you said. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I love it. You know, interestingly, you work with real estate agents and in that space all day long, I work in a completely different space and exactly the same thing is true. Right. It's, it's exactly the same. What, what you need to do is you need to leave the specialists to do the specialized work with the specialized knowledge that they've got. And you've just got to be prepared to pay for it and take a little bit of a risk. What, one of the questions that I've, I've got written down here in front of me, and you kind of touched on it a little bit there is you, you deal with people all the time that come to you and they're just kind of beaten down. Um, yep. And that is a, that's a really accurate way to describe it as well. Why do you think you, why do you think people let themselves get that far and they can't let go and hand it off to somebody else? Cause I know inevitably when people hand things off, it's like, Oh, my gosh, I wish I had done that months ago, years ago, yeah. if I could have. I, I imagine how much further I'd be down the track. Yeah. Why do you think they hold on to it too, so tightly? I think it's pride. I think, a lot, I think it's mainly pride. Because um, I think there's so many people that somebody that they think highly of tells them to do this thing and they can't just accept. And I think there's a lot of people that they have this weird thing where they'll do something for three months. It's not working. And they're like, I don't, they, they feel like it's wasted time. But the way I look at it is, it's wasted time if you do it for another three months. Because <laughs> you're not going to get the three months back that you've already spent, right? That's yeah. That time's gone. That's dust. Knowledge. But you, you learned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You learn. But if you do this for another three months and you still continue to get no results, then you've lost. Because you could have cut your losses. You could have said, okay, let's do something else. And I think that's what a lot of people get stuck in. They're like, I've been doing this for months. I haven't been getting any results. And it's an, I think it's an admirable mentality, right? I think it's good because because they're looking at it like, I'm going to continue to work hard. Nothing comes easily. I'm going to continue to do this. And I think that's how most of them look at it. But yeah. I think after a certain point, 
you get to a place where you're doing this day in and day out and it's just not working and it's like, okay, maybe we should try something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really interesting point. And I, I kind of want to extrapolate that a little bit more because cool. it gets to kind of showcase what it is that you do, mm-hmm. but there's a lesson in this for everybody. And that's what I, I kind of love about this podcast. That gives me the, the flexibility to explore these things and share other people's knowledge. And as you're listening to this and watching this podcast, just see how this applies to you. Because uh, if I, if I come to you, John, and I'm like, Oh my God, man, i got no leads. Can you help me? And you're like, yeah, Rob, I can get you 20 leads a month. And I'm going to get you to close five of them. We'll make sure that they're really good. And that's what my numbers look like. I can do that for you. So I go, all right, I pay my money. I hand it over to you. It starts coming to me, but then sometimes inevitably I'm missing the last piece of that before I can actually close it. And that's the system to follow up. So I'd love to hear about your follow-up system and how you get them into a CRM to make sure nothing falls through the cracks because I'm incredibly busy as it is. Now I go to you to make me more busy. You make me even more busy. So how do I not kind of lose sight of everything that's going on? Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good question. And in real estate, one opportunity could be a $10,000 check. So it's Mm. very important that those uh, opportunities don't slip through the cracks for our clients. So what we have is an internal CRM where all of our clients can keep that stuff organized. And we actually uh, have a staff member, it's called our concierge, who is going to be uh, doing that follow-up for our clients. So we get our clients in the appointments. We put the appointments on their calendar. Our concierge has basically vetted those clients out and said, this is somebody that you want to talk to. Let's put them on your calendar. And then the people who aren't, you know, we kind of look at it uh, almost like popcorn. So we put a bag of popcorn in for our clients. When one of those kernels pops, we just put it in our client's mouth and say, here you go, start chewing. And the (laughs) opportunities that haven't popped yet, we're going to keep those in the microwave until they do. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think so many people are missing that element of their business. I was working with somebody recently and we generated a whole bunch of leads for them and it was working incredibly well. Um, There was a referral system going, but we could turn it into an affiliate system and that attracted more. There's more interest in that particular thing. Uh, But she was unable to close. Yeah. And you know, it doesn't matter if I put 50 new appointments on your calendar, if you haven't got your sales side of it squared away and you can't close out these deals, you're just going to be burning through them. And then inevitably people come back and go, your leads are no good. Right. It's like, right. well, come on, you know, like these are the leads that I've given to you. And this is the same across any business. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter if it's real estate, IT, podcasting, whatever you're doing, it's the same thing. You must have the right type of uh, selling process in place. How do you mitigate against that with your clients? Yeah. That's a great question. I have a lot of agency owners now that come to me that want advice or they, they want to, you know, chat up over Instagram and that's, that's great. Uh, and I'll talk to them and they'll basically say, here's the problem I have. And my clients suck at sales. It's one of the, it's like, uh, the, the salespeople say the lead generation guys suck at, at lead generation. The lead generation guys <laughs> say the salespeople suck at sales. So it, it's definitely a, a double edged sword, but my first thing is to help them if they're yeah. bad at sales and if that's the loophole, help them. So we do a client success coach. It's a way that we've got around this a little bit. And uh, we have somebody that's checking in with our clients and, and kind of working through those problems. Uh, I think one problem that a lot of people have is they're naive and they think there's going to be no problems. We see them before they come. So we basically put a client success coach in the corner of all the clients that are coming on board with us. And if it does come down to a, they can't close deals, we're going to figure out what that problem is and then quickly eliminate it and give them that help that they need. But if somebody's an agency owner or a lead generation company and they're saying, Oh, my clients, they, they, they suck at sales, 
help them. I mean, help them do better. Otherwise, you're going to lose clients. So I think uh, a lot of the times when you're a business owner, you have to solve more than one problem for the clients. And, yeah. uh, you know, that doesn't mean you have to be uh, tech support and lead generation and all these things, everything to everybody. But if it's two things that fall within such a close radius, lead generation and sales, I mean, they're, they're birds of a feather that flock together. So um, I definitely think that if your clients are struggling with that sales side, get in there and help them and uh, do all you can to make sure that they're getting in there and they're closing deals. Mm, I love it. I love it. Such, uh, such great feedback and, and such great lessons to be learned in there across all businesses and all industries and sectors as well, mate. Hey, tell me when you kick this off and you started exploring real estate and you started exploring Facebook ads and lead gen and all that sort of stuff, how long was it before you started to get a little bit of traction and you realized that, yeah. hey, I'm onto something here. This is working. Yeah, we, the first client we brought on, we worked really closely with him. So we were on calls with him, uh, me and my partner, like, multiple times a week and figuring out, okay, when we run this campaign, what's the reach that you get? When you talk to these people on this campaign, what are they saying? Is there anything that we can change in our messaging to make the expectations better? Uh, how can we book more calls? How can we do this? How can we do that? So, um, you know, there's a lot of, this is a popular thing to do in like software companies. Uh, they bring on some clients and then they talk them and they, they literally like live and breathe the air of their first few customers. And yeah. I think that's what we did as well. And we still try to do a really good job of talking to our clients as much as we can, because um, that's how you build out a really good offer. So that's what we made sure to do. And then we were able to have a pretty quick launch and get be able to get results really quickly. So um, yeah, we made sure that we talked and were, you know, in the corner of our clients, especially that first kind of beta group of clients that we were making sure that we were talking to them daily, making sure things were going well, seeing what we could change, seeing what we can improve. And then when we see it work on a small scale, we know, okay, now we can take on more clients and we can sell this to more people and it's going to continue to help and impact more agents. How, how long did that take? Was it sort of a month, two months? Yeah, I think it was about three months total. I, but we kind of got through the beta clients and figured out, okay, this is what works. And I, with Facebook, you know, I always tell people, the learning lessons are paid. So you have to spend money to learn the lessons. And I think that's a really, really good thing in a lot of cases. And I think it's a bad thing in others. But uh, yeah, about three months because we spent some money. We got some experience. We talked to some clients. We kind of tracked that whole journey. I think a lot of people do lead generation. They say, here's leads. Let me know how it goes. We kind of saw it from lead to appointment to going and seeing houses and figuring out how can we streamline this? How can we make it as consolidated of a process as possible? And uh, yeah, I'd say about three months total is kind of how, how, how long it took. Uh, the, the reason I asked that, it's a, I'm yeah. kind of leading you to the next question is, cool. um, once you once you realized it was working and you're like, hey, we, we got this, it's like, yeah, we're having some wins for these people. It feels really good. And you're like, okay, let's let's try it again and we can replicate. Were you able to replicate and scale the same thing over and over and go again and again and again? Was it replicable like that or did you learn lessons along the way as well? Yeah, we're still learning to date with clients and that's why we're, we find it so important to talk to clients. But I mean, kind of from first use case, we've, we've changed a lot of things about our, so right now we're kind of on like version four of our offer because, you know, client run into something, we change it for them. Everybody has, you know, with real estate, everybody has a different aptitude. So like some people would be really good at talking to people. Some people would be horrible at talking to people. So there's different things that we had to tweak along the way, different systems we had to put in place. But for the most part, we kind of put it in place and it, and it really worked like it did uh, for our kind of first group of beta clients. And uh, if there was things or problems, because, you know, it's like machines can break the more people that 
use them, right? Like if you've yeah. got a couch that can sit three people, it might function fine with three people sitting on it. You throw 10 on it, it might break. So, uh, and then you need to, you know, you need to get more advanced technology, better springs and put more wood under that thing. So that's kind of what happened with our business. And we've, we've tweaked our, our offer and I'm sure we'll, we'll do it uh, hundreds of more times uh, until we are, you know, kind of where we want to be. But uh, yeah, I would say in a short, and it was kind of long winded answer, but in short, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting to see you and talk to you at the stage that you're at. You know, you're kind of at that in that growth phase, and you're in that upward trajectory. It kind of hasn't plateaued for you yet because you haven't found the top. Uh, are you running campaigns nationally in the US? Yeah, absolutely. So we've niched down to US only, but I've got to do stuff in, and this is widen our experience and scope. I've got to do stuff in Italy. I've done some stuff in London. I've done stuff in Canada. So we've kind of got to, we do US only, but we've got to feel out a bunch of different markets and kind of see what works best and uh, really test our system and, and really like put it through a lot of tests. Are you seeing these places on maps going, where are they? I can't even pronounce that in Italy somewhere. And you're like, where is that? What is that? Yeah, absolutely. Malta was the place that we ran it in and there was a bunch of stuff around and we had to use Google Translate for the ad copy and stuff, but it's it's all fun. Yeah, nice. Have you done any in here in Australia? I, I know a few people and I don't think we've run an Australian campaign. I don't think so. Yeah, right. I think that would be something that would be very interesting um, here in Australia, particularly because there's no joke, mate. There's probably six or seven real estate um, offices here in the suburb where I live. Um, really? there's a lot of real estate agents here in Sydney. I think, I think something like 6,000 real estate agents, um, in Sydney alone, in the Sydney metropolitan area is a lot of opportunity for a place like this. Now that we talked about, it, I got really, I almost brought on a guy, his name was Robbie. I, I was very close to bringing him on. Um, he was an Australian agent. Uh, we, we talked back and forth for a couple of weeks, but, uh, exchange rates didn't necessarily line up for him. So we, we didn't end up working together, but yeah, yeah, that is a bit of a problem too. But uh, yeah. you know, if you you, you got to pay a premium price for something that you want, and and you get that delivery and that service as well. So that generally, as a rule of thumb for me, has never been an issue with the exchange rate. I'm happy to pay American dollars for um, services rendered, so long as they're delivered nicely. Tell me, mate, I want to close out this part of the podcast by asking you if there's some realtors listening to this podcast and they're hearing this because I've got a pretty big American audience, which is kind of cool for me. Um, what would you say to them? Absolutely. I would say, um, don't be so focused on what everyone, everyone else is telling you, you know, learn from your own experiences. So if you're calling this list and you see this other guy doing it really well, and it's, it's not working for you, don't be afraid to pivot. Don't be afraid to change and, um, just focus on building relationships and, uh, I, I buy it in the most biased way possible. I'd say, go to, go to leadjolt.com and fill out a form. If, if, Do it, baby. If Do it. Help. Yeah. That's the whole point of the podcast. Yeah. We want to shortcut that process for people and, and make it easy for them as well. Absolutely. So they can get to know you. Well, what, what is a, I just wanted to, one question I didn't ask on my little, uh, little bullet points there was what is the biggest mistake that you see these realtors making? Yeah. I mean, I said this on a podcast earlier today. Okay. So there's this thing that is kind of known in the real estate space as like the Mecca of everybody needs to build this and you're going to be wildly successful. It's kind of like uh, the golden ticket and it's uh, three words, sphere of influence. So it's basically means if I sell Robert a house, Robert's going to generate me three of his buddies that are also going to come buy houses from me. And so I see a lot of real estate agents focusing on building that 
and they don't even have enough of a client base to do it yet. So it's like they haven't worked with enough people to really build a profitable sphere of influence and they're just super focused on it. And I think um, real estate is one of those industries where, you know, you see people, they do a lot of different organic stuff and it's just not cutting through the market like it should because there's so many people doing it. So, you know, posting their listings or posting on their Facebook page and all that. And it's good stuff. You know, you, you can do it, but it's a very noisy space. So you don't really build too much differentiation among your competitors and, and the other people who are, uh, you know, in the same markets as you going after the same group of clients as you. Yeah, really, really important points, mate. I, I just want to say thank you for being so giving and and sharing your knowledge and and your information there, mate. I, I really appreciate that. And and again, I, I just think it it applies to all industries, not just real estate. And I really appreciate you sharing your your insights there. Thank you. There we go. That's beautiful. Well, John, as we're bumping up against 40 minutes here, mate, I want to kind of transition here and put you into the Go All In podcaster's hot seat as we close out the show and have a little bit of fun with you. Uh, the first question I like to ask people in these ridiculous COVID times here in Australia, we're not allowed to travel anywhere um, and traveling something that is near and dear to my heart. Is there somewhere that I should be going that you know about that I don't know that should be on my bucket list? Oh, wow, man. Uh, have you been to Miami, Florida? No, I haven't. No, I've only been. I've only home. been to the West Coast. You got to go to Miami, Florida. Mm. It's uh, it's like the West Coast temperature-wise. It's just better, in my opinion. I will go to Miami, Florida. Yeah, very yeah. good, very good. Yeah, there's lots of TV shows filmed in and around yeah. there, and every time I see yeah. it, I see this beautiful blue water there, and it looks really, really nice. Although, oh, yeah. have you been to Cronulla, Sydney, where I live? <laughs> uh, uh, I need to go. It looks exactly like that. Okay, great. <laughs> it's not quite as built up. Uh, was, we just don't have the population, of course. But yeah, that's definitely that definitely has been on my list for a while. Tell me, mate, what's a uh, what's a skill that you're working on right now that you haven't quite mastered? Wow, that's a really good one. I mean, um, hmm, team, building a team. I think we're at a place now where we're good at marketing, we're good at sales, we're good at lead generation, we, we're good at all that stuff. Uh, but I've really never managed like human capital before. It's something that I've never really done. Um, so I, I think team building is the, and when you look at incredible superstar entrepreneurs, they're just really, really good at, at assembling a fantastic team of people that are really talented. So I'd say building teams is something that I'm really trying to get good at right now. Yeah. Building teams and leadership is a, uh, is a, a moving target. I think for every entrepreneur on the planet, that's a, that's a good one. Tell me what's the best piece of business advice that you've ever received. Wow. Um, you know, there's been a lot, a lot of good advice that I've received. I would say just getting really focused and dialed in on what you're good at and not, uh, not trying to get shiny object syndrome. You know, <laughs> the marketing agency space, lead generation agency, is overwhelmed with new stuff. You can do this, you can do this, you can transition this new model or whatever. But I think it's good to just focus on what you're good at and uh, talk to your customers and figure out uh, what's working for them, what you can change, what you can improve. But just get focused on on one niche, one service and get really good at it, become the best at it. I love it. Uh, that's uh that's sage advice. Sage advice. I love it. Well, well said, well said. Mate, if Thank people you. want to connect with you, what would be the best way to do that? Instagram, just at John Danes, J-O-H-N-D-A-N-E-S. You can find me there and would love to, uh, would love to chat. 
Okay, fantastic. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this on your phone, just take a little peek at the show notes and all of the links to John's website and his socials will be right there. So you don't have to go digging around in Google for them. And if you're watching on YouTube, just scroll on down there, right in the show notes there for you as well. Mate, thanks for so much for coming on the Goal In Podcast and sharing your insights and knowledge. I really appreciate it. Wanted to give you the opportunity for the parting comment, the last piece of wisdom from John Danes. What do you got for us, mate? I appreciate it. Um, you know, I think uh, to circle back around on the point that we talked about, you know, college and that type of thing, I think, uh, you know, live your life for you because at the end of the day, you're going to be the one that looks back on the life that you lived and not for anyone else, uh, not what anybody else wanted out of you or expected out of you or wanted to see from you. So live your life for you, focus on being, uh, you know, the best person that you can be. And I think that's what's uh, ultimately going to make you the happiest. Beautiful. Well said, mate. Well said. Thanks again for coming on and we look forward to speaking with you soon. It's bye for now. Well, there you have it, folks. If you want to connect with John, just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links to his website, socials, and his Insta are right there. So connect with him on Insta because that's the preferred method and the link's right there so you don't have to go poking around in Google for them at all. So what are you doing to close the gap from where you are to get you where you want to be? Have you got a plan? Have you got a system? Have you got the support in place to get you there? Now, if you're just starting out in business, maybe considering a business, or perhaps you've been a seasoned entrepreneur for years, then I've created a masterclass that will give you the strategies and the tactics to get you moving, gather some momentum and breakthrough to the next level. If you'd like to find out some more, just hop on over to goallin.com.au and click on the link that says masterclass. Now, if you've got a message or some feedback for the show, you can reach out via the Goalin socials or you can send me an email at any time. Just visit goalin.com.au and click on the contact contact tab and you can send me a message right there. Well, that wraps it up for the show today. So whatever it is that you're working on, whatever you're doing, get busy, get to it and go all in. I'll see you next time. I don't need no one to say you're complicated. Cause I knew from the start this might be overrated.
Cause I don't believe 